Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome, this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information. Okay, uh, last week we were talking a lot about Barry the Boater's trailer uh, woes. uh, Trailer tales with Barry the Boater. Could be a feature. (laughs) I don't know. A regular uh, feature. Right. But uh, we do have an update on that uh, coming up. But before we do this, this is one of the best stories we have come across on the world of boating in ages. And, is it uh, breaking news? I, it's yeah. not really breaking news. No, it's oh, just a, a okay. story that kind of illustrates why sleepwalking is bad for boating. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, you don't I, really. I don't know. You know, that, maybe you don't even need a story to realize how bad gonna, <laughs> a trait that is for a boater. But, it's got to uh, be a pretty good story to uh, beat the uh, pictures that Barry is texting us of a pineapple for some reason. Huh. Hey, okay. Hey, I grew that pineapple. It's, it's oh, not. he's <laughs> just proud of his uh, of his fruit. All right. So, uh, okay. <laughs> a, a story that for some reason has bought Greg mm-hmm. uh, mirth and enjoyment to no end. Yeah. And he finds it quite humorous. Ventura, California. Uh, of course. Rescuers said a miracle of God saved a fisherman who fell overboard into the Southern California waters when he woke up in the middle of the night and began sleepwalking off of the boat. Now, you'll never. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You- hey, he didn't. He didn't sleepwalk on the water. He he was sleepwalking <laughs> on the boat and fell off the boat. Yeah, as now, he was sleepwalking and, and woke and, up when he hit the water. Awesome. Unless you re- unless you read the story. Which, knowing Mike and Barry, they did not. Um, what is this gentleman's last name? Ah, uh, good, mm. good uh, point. I don't, I don't know. Why would it matter? Really, mm. uh, Christ. His his <laughs> name. <laughs> if he walked on water, it would have been yes. I want to meet him if that happened. Yeah, <laughs> his name literally is Dylan Fogg. Okay, so, so he was walking he, around in a fog in the middle yeah. of the night. There you go. There's uh, Greg okay. with, with the obvious joke. Right. So um, his quote uh, after they rescued him was, it was almost like a dream. This <laughs> real. A wet one. <laughs> okay, Don't go there, Greg. Barry. Stop yeah. it. Just stop it right now. Hold on. <laughs> Be- between around like three or five, I slept, walked. This is his words. I'm not, I'm, this is as reported. Yeah. I slept, walked, hmm. and somehow fell over the boat, hit the water, and woke up right away. The I'm sure flex- he did. Yeah, actually, when that happens, <laughs> don't you automatically pee yourself or something? That's, that's one of those things, isn't it? The, like the 20 year old. Sticks your hand in your water and your sl- uh, hand in here, water and you're sleeping. Here, here's my problem with this, yeah. this story and with Mr. Fogg. Okay. The 20 year old said he has a history of sleepwalking when exhausted. Hmm. As a commercial fisherman, he said he just spent the last two days working on the boat fishing for squid. Yeah. Okay. So 
uh, here are our <laughs> jobs that I think if you have a history of sleepwalking when exhausted, you should not be allowed to perform. Um, During the interview process, are you allowed to ask that? Is that legal in California? Uh, by the way, uh, do you have any history of sleepwalking? Commercial commercial fishermen would be one. Uh, truck driver would probably be number two. Um, airline pilot probably be number three. We don't that, want our that should be pilots. number that should be number one. Well, really. yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, a trucker and an airline pilot. I think just sleeping on the job would be a problem. I, I don't know if sleepwalking would be an issue, but you don't think sleepwalking on a jet aircraft would be a problem? Only if you open the door. <laughs> Maybe, right? I I don't know. I mean, I and, and sleepwalking as a as a commercial truck driver, especially if you drive as a tandem, that could be problematic. Well, where are you going to walk is, in the cab? I mean, you can't really right get up out, and walk. Obviously, right, right out, right the, out door. the door, Greg. <laughs> Seventy miles an hour down the road. All of a sudden, this, you hear this guy, a door. This open guy up. walked right off the boat into the water. Hey, look, yeah, look. The problem is, if the truck driver is sleepwalking, he's already fallen asleep, so he's right. already had the wreck. Yeah, that's. So already I, I think no, he's talking about a tandem. He's talking about a tandem team. Okay. Well, I they think what we can all agree yeah. is that sleepwalking is probably not a trait for a lot of professions that you want to <laughs> have going in, especially fishermen. I mean, that's what what's so great about this is just that you can just picture this so perfectly. You know, the guy gets up in the middle of the night and just walks right uh-huh. off the boat. Well, we're we're going to continue on with this story because there's some more interesting uh, tidbits here. Okay, so he was a he was a former high school water polo player, mm, of course, uh, water polo player. Yeah. So his training kicked in immediately, and he went and scored a goal. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of training. I mean, you swim or you don't know how to swim. I mean, it's one of the two. I don't know where water polo training comes into play, but well, you tread water, right? Well, yeah, the thing is, that's the only place you learn how to do that is playing water polo. Well, it didn't. Uh, tra- it didn't do a lot for him no, because didn't. he fell off the boat sleepwalking, and then he was at sea for how many hours? Well, I'm getting to that. Yeah. So he, when he went in the water, he just kind of put his head down and followed the swell and just started swimming. That's all I really knew how to do. It definitely was scary, um, but at this point, it was kind of my best shot of getting to the shipping lanes. Um, yeah, because they're going to spot you. Um, now, <laughs> Turn them into squid. Now, um, how long, guys, and not Greg, because he read the story, even though he didn't know the guy's last name, how long was he in the water before the crew realized he was gone? How long? Hmm. And it's hours. How many hours <laughs> was he? It was he missing before the crew said, "Hey, um, anybody Where's fog? <laughs> Where's fog? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You guess first, Mike. I, I, I six hours. All right. Uh, oh, Barry? you read the story. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, we don't have to go All to right. Barry. That was actually a wild guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I figured I, about eight to ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I've got a, I've got a funny story that. It kind of parallels this, but I'll tell it when you guys are ready. Okay. Well, yeah. What else is there other than this? six hours at sea and his well, water polo skills saved his life? That's what he credits uh, his uh, survival no, to. That's six well, hours. It, that's six hours before the crew noticed he was missing. Right. And in audio obtained by ABC Seven, you can hear fear in the <laughs> captain's voice, worried of what was happening. And here, here's the here's the captain. 
I have an interesting situation here. Uh, no, this isn't interesting. It's not an interesting situation. This, yeah. this, is, this is an emergency situation. Oh, but okay. I have an interesting situation here. We are missing a crewman. His hmm. bunk is empty. We went to wake him up. His bunk is empty, and we've been searching the boat for five minutes. We don't know long how long he's been gone. You go ahead and talk to me. I need some advice. It's spooky. <laughs> spooky. <laughs> what, he thought he'd been abducted by aliens or just? I, I don't know, man. This, this whole thing, first of all, if I'm Dylan Fogg, again, this is not a job that you should have if you're prone to sleepwalking when you get exhausted because working on a commercial vessel, that's going to happen. Two, um, this captain um, doesn't seem to be based on this recording. Uh, really kind of person that I'd bond want to be working for out He's on that excitable. What, <laughs> <laughs> just because it took him oh, six hours God. to realize he was missing a crew member or why or what else? Just, well, ju- just his general, de- we are missing a crewman. His yeah. bunk is empty, right? We went to wake him up. His bunk is empty. We've been searching the boat for five minutes. We don't know how long he's been gone. <laughs> you go ahead yeah. and talk to me. I need some advice. It's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very weird choice of words. Yeah, it that is. Spooky is. <laughs> but I do know uh, how he feels. Yeah, that's not a guy that were I they cruising with. the Bermuda Triangle? No, they were in no, California. California. Water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything California. could happen out there. Or you though. could be, you yeah. know, uh, great white shark bait. Yeah, he's he's yeah. lucky that didn't happen. Oh golly! Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. Whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. This is an awesome story. It's like if you fall off the boat, you're going to blame it on sleepwalking. Wow. Okay. God bless you. More coming up. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Posting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy, and this is why we've added Nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. Underwater photographers, listen up. From their high-impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. 
He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast i used to have a boat you did yeah she was pretty damn sweet man i love that boat so why'd you lose it? sometimes the things we love aren't long for this world burn Especially when your alcoholic ex-wife gets drunk and falls overboard and drowns. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Barry the Boater, Captain Patrick, and Mike the Mariner rounding out the crew. Okay, so if you fall overboard and want a good story, um, you know, and you you don't want to just take credit that you're a klutz, you can make up the excuse that you were sleepwalking and uh, come up with it. I mean, that's almost as good as alien, an alien abduction or something, you mm-hmm. know. Or ghosts or whatever, but uh, I don't know. That's a crazy story. Or, or it could be something lame like losing track of your dad, right, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That happened. Losing uh, track eight, of your dad? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, about eight years ago. Well, about eight years ago, we were moving my dad's boat back from the Keys to Fort Pierce. And I was running the boat at the lower helm station. My brother was asleep on the, on the bunk on the other side. Yeah. And my dad was. Uh, laying down in the cockpit with his head on a on a fender, just relaxing. Yeah, and that's the last time I saw him. So, hmm. you know, I glance back. You know, I'm I'm watching. You know, I'm paying attention to where we're going. So, probably I don't know. Twenty minutes later, I turn around and I look back, and my dad's not there. So I don't remember him walking past me to get to the cabin. So I woke my brother up. I said, "Did Dad walk by?" And I didn't notice. And is he, did he go into the cabin because he's not in the cockpit? And he said, no. So I I go into panic mode, chop the throttles, start yelling for my dad. You know, where are you? Where are you? You And and then I hear from up above, I'm up here. Why? uh, (laughs) I'm in heaven. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, from above. No, he had gotten up and climbed up to the tuna tower to play with the electronics at the tuna tower Ah, station without saying anything to me. Okay. And that's but, and that's uh, when Mike learned about situational awareness. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I thought, man, you know, it, he could have fallen overboard ten miles ago. Right. I, mean, I, I have no idea when it could have happened, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, thank God, you know, it, it was just a a goofy uh, situation. But yeah, well, <laughs> well, talking about goofy situations, and since we're kind of on this uh, man overboard or not overboard or voices from above story, uh, <laughs> up on Lake Vermilion. In uh, Minnesota, there was an incident. Now, uh, Mike and Barry, I'm sure as boaters, you guys probably have your favorite boating hats. Do you not? Well, Barry's wearing one right now. Absolutely. You see this on uh, Facebook Live, yeah, YouTube, and Bar- Twitch. Barry doesn't, but Barry doesn't wear that one out boating. Most people are going to wear no, one. No, I that's don't. Got a, that's yeah. got a bill on it. Which is a good you know, thing. 
Uh, he okay. gets yeah. smacked around, abused. Okay. Uh, so have you ever been in a situation, and I know I have in, in my time out, of course, running boats, testing boats, things like that, where the inevitable happens, which is your hat goes bye-bye. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. stop, yes. turn around, and fetch okay. it. And it, it happens. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. You're, you're behind the windshield or the windscreen. Maybe you pop your head up, whatever, or you got it. You forgot to turn it around backwards and you went and you took off. And, you know, there goes your hat. And to Barry's point, yeah, you're probably spinning around, um, going back, and hopefully it's still floating, uh, especially if it's your favorite hat. I had a, a couple of these uh, that I got out at Lake X um, that were, I don't even think they make them anymore. They've got the lake dialed in at Lake X logo. You know, on the side of the hat uh, right. for Mercury. Yeah. So this guy, <clears throat> he's out on this boat with his son. And I'm going to assume that this was probably a tiller-controlled uh, outboard motor. And his hat blows off. And what does he do? He gets up and he reaches for it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're yeah. going to catch it. Physics alone. You're you're not. You're not. You're so as he gets up and he reaches for his hat that's blown off his head, he hits the motor, boat spins around, and throws him into the water. Aha! Mm-hmm. He wasn't even now, sleepwalking. Wasn't sleepwalking. Mm. Now, the, yeah. the unfortunate thing was he was not hit by the boat motor or, or the, by the boat itself, but Ooh. going overboard, he did get his hand hung up on a cleat. And that is... That owie, is, owie, that, owie. That is what caused uh, some some serious injuries. They didn't go into detail. Now, they both the father and son were wearing life jackets at the time of the incident, so kudos to them. But listen, if you're out on the water and you're wearing, first of all, don't wear your favorite hat. That's no, that they, stays wear, home. Wear the crappy hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like what Barry's wearing. No, and, hey, hey, this and, is and, wool. <laughs> and, and maybe have the little lanyard, the chin strap, you know, so that, you know, if it does go bye-bye, at least it gets, you know, it doesn't, it's going to fly off and it's only going to hit your back and it's going to, you know, be held in place and, you know, you, you don't lose your favorite hat. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if that happens, let it go. Let it go. It's okay. It's just, it's just a hat. You just can hat. Chop, right. uh, slow down, make sure, make sure your navigation area is clear. Make your 180, go back, follow your wake. Cut your speed, and if you see your hat floating, now you have a choice. Don't go lean over the side of your boat because you know what's going to happen. You're going to wind up in the drink, um, probably going after your hat. So hopefully you've got a boat hook on board or a small child that you can hang over the side. Oh, I was going to say, what (laughs) sacrifice that was annoying you earlier and listen i said hang over the side mike's the one who said throw them in the wall yeah. <laughs> no, i just want to make that perfectly clear if they have their- i did not advocate for throwing small children into the water to retrieve a hat i advocated for hanging them over the side of the boat yeah you holding them by the belt <laughs> yeah that sounds PFT, perfectly safe you pick yeah. them up like a little uh machine that picks up uh toys you know and you just hang them over the side he picks up the hat you pull them back in you know yeah, we're gonna like get a, letters a little we're gonna get letters because of this yeah we'll file them accordingly yeah you're though. getting letters <laughs> not me <laughs> that's fun 
So I, I, I guess the moral of the you story, know, like I said, Mike, wear a Mike, crappy hat. Mike said Don't that care. with a certain degree of authority and confidence. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. that may have been something that he's <laughs> he done did. before. You can't call maybe, water. But my, maybe. maybe, but my son is still alive and he's thriving. There you go. Yeah, there there was right, this right. time when he was bringing his dad's <laughs> boat back from the Keys yeah. when he thought his dad wound up in the water and he took his son and chucked him in to go go find grandpa go. <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll come back for you right? don't worry just i don't want to go buddy with you anymore <laughs> just move your arms around you'll you'll stay afloat mm. uh, i worry okay. about you sometimes mike yeah. <laughs> all right well we've had two uh very uh, colorful stories for sure so far on the world of boating we got to get to the tales of barry's trailer uh, update here in just a bit because you know last week we were talking about this and despite the fact that he wears a red watch cap and uh it won't get blown away because it's definitely aerodynamic and has no bill on it like most boating hats do and it's stapled to my head oh there's that <laughs> well velcro surgically velcro applied right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh his excuse is uh well he dreamt it and uh, had a dream and then he walked into a refrigerator or something, and that covers up the bruises on your forehead or something. I don't. It could be. Yeah. Or for my that. wife. That's coming up next. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Traffic sucks unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 psi left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast my captain oh captain my captain Rise up and hear the bells. Rise up for you. The flag is flung. For you, the bugle trills. All right. Dismissed. (laughs) Well, uh, just to remind you, Pipe Piper is still a sinking ship, so... Enough with the maritime metaphors. You don't have to walk the plank on a sinking ship. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate. That is me, along with Captain Patrick Perry, the boater, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information and keep you updated on the tales of the trailer from Barry the Boater. Last week, he was telling us his problem with his trailer and the uh, tires that basically just rotted out. Uh, luckily, he, he wasn't out on the water or at a marina when it happened. He still had it in the driveway and realized, oh, damn, 
Uh, I got no wheels, but he's got it (laughs) fixed. He's actually switched out his hat now, too. Yeah, I'm wearing my actual boating hat. But he is wearing, uh, you know, what is it, uh, a lasso around your chin? So so when you get a gust of wind, when you're talking on the world of boating, it won't blow off your noggin? Oh, you got both hats on. uh, Yeah. Well, I want to keep my head warm. Okay. It's cold down here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So, so Barry, you got you you contacted uh the trailer manufacturer. Uh yes. was that was that Easy Loader or Shorelander? Easy Loader. All right. Easy Loader. And, okay. and uh how were they with your request? Well, first oh, off, we well, got to back up and say what the problem was. Not only was it the tires, but the brackets across the frame of the uh trailer no, basically actually actually the cross member uh f- part of the frame plus his hubs plus his leaf springs plus no, the leaf springs are for good. the leaf springs no those plus, are okay <laughs> uh, i thought you had mentioned no, that no i replaced those i re- they, they have some surface rust but those are those are yeah, fairly they, new but the they cross were, they were they were crossbars were yeah right. rusted out the, the cross member has lost about a 16th to an eighth of an inch of metal so it's mm. a little skinnier than it should be okay um mm. so let's see what have i completed so far the I ran new coax for the radio, installed new connectors, and checked it all out. It's running. That's not part of the trailer. Yeah, that's not part. Well, the boat. Remember, we also had to go over the boat. Too. Well, we were talking about the trailer, Barry. The tra- focus. On the trailer. Okay. Focus. Yes, I'll focus. Keep yes, your sir. brain warm with those two hats you're all wearing. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a nice uh, woman over at Easy Loader who knew exactly which hubs I needed and sent me two new, brand new. They look like they're. Uh, I don't know what they're plated with, whether it's it's not zinc, but beautiful plated um, diamonds uh, hubs. Yeah, it could be uh, a new set of hubs with bearings and the new uh, see-through cups and everything because these are uh, oil-filled. Oh, wow. They are not grease. So you were able uh, to find that, and they sent you the That parts. was easy. Okay. Yeah, they, they sent it. They It was here the next day. Nice. Uh, in the meantime, my tires came in, and uh, I had them installed onto the rims. Mm-hmm. And uh, from uh, you guys told me that they don't balance tires uh, for trailers, so I didn't uh, get that. Yeah, done. but what about the crossbars? That was the biggest part. Is the crossbar is going to be the problem because yeah. Easy Loader no longer produces that. Yeah, so that's an issue. They did send me the drawings, which to me wasn't much of a drawing, but it did have some measurements. Okay. Uh, so my plan is right now is to unbolt it because it's not welded oh, on each nice. side. It's bolted. Yeah. I mean, with some heavy duty bolts. Um, that's good. So I'm going to pop those. Oh, first, I got to put a, a two by six underneath the bunks, and I'll have my jack underneath there to uh, take the pressure off of that section. Yeah. I may use a come along and tie, wrap it around both uh, side rails because I don't know if they're going to pop a little wide that's, or, that's or not. That's very, very smart. Okay. And then um, just yeah. break those two bolts loose, unbolt it from the uh, bunks slide the thing out and then there's a couple of different trailer places down here i might check out see if they'll either repair it or build me a new one okay um i've talked to some people that do welding work and they said they've seen people where they will do is they will cut uh metal maybe eighth inch or quarter inch plate and they'll weld it in other words box it all in essentially um so but by the time you pay somebody to do that you know, you probably just have a new cross member made. 
I I would guess, but I don't. You know, this is a pretty substantial piece of metal. I I don't think it's a five minute job to make it. It's square yeah. tubing. No, that's bad. no, but there are fab shops all over the place that can make this that can make you. these things. Yeah, matter. and the thing is, oh, yeah. you got you got the original. All they got to do is Copy basically, it. you yeah, you've given you're giving them a pattern. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. yeah, 3D no, print this for me, will you? Well, yeah, that would be great. But mm-hmm. that's the plan. Is if they can make me a new one, that already be. Now, do you uh, take it somewhere to have it zinc dipped, or do they do that there? I don't know. Um, they would well, usually have it done for you. Yeah, if think. they don't do it themselves, they would send it out. Fab shop can uh, can can produce the metal typically to whatever specs you require. But if they need to send it out to get it zinc dipped, they just do that and then bring it back and deliver it. To yeah. You. How right. much is one of these trailers, Barry? Have you even went to go look what it costs? A, a new trailer? I have no idea what a new trailer would cost. You know, um, $5,000. Uh, Five no. grand for a 17-footer boat? Would it be that I, much, Patrick? That's think? about right. Yeah, yeah, that's probably about Seriously? Right. For a trailer? Mm-hmm. Yes. New. Yeah, new. Absolutely. Fix okay, it. I'm I'm definitely rebuilding this. <laughs> yeah, <thing>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I tell my wife that I'm dead meat. <laughs> Couple rolls of duct tape. Uh, yeah. Trailer, you know trailers something? are not cheap, man. Mm. Uh, I didn't think they were that expensive. That's, I figured something oh, like this would be fifteen to two thousand. Yeah. Well, uh, so no the more. easy loader lady got you the parts you needed, and you told her about these cross bracket things that you had to that were rusting out. She, did she give you any other ideas other than? You know, look, she here's suggested the measurements. She, no, she suggested uh, there's one uh, place down here called Ames Trailer. Yeah. Um, I spoke to someone. He said there's a place called Torino down in Miami. And then I looked up. There's more trailer places than I expected out okay. there. All right. So you're just beginning uh, just the process. Of, yeah. It, it'll take the, a couple the tale of, weeks. of uh, Barry's trailer continues. It will continue. The yeah. Everything else trailer. is good on it. I checked it. All the other cross members are are clean pretty clean mm-hmm. you know it's just this one for whatever reason um rusted the out saltwater didn't like it as much as the other one yeah, yeah. but you mm-hmm. have no idea to know why they're just well it could have been on the interior section that you know uh may not rent have your trailer good after a day out on the water maybe i i do and i was using that um salt salt water off whatever they call it you mix it with water and yeah salt away as, Salt away. What I would do is once I launched the boat and I went to park the trailer, the first thing I would do before I go back to the boat was to spray the whole thing down with this salt away. Yeah. So it's not sitting there just eating it away while I'm you out there. Enjoying yeah, that, it's funny you say it because when uh, I was heavy into, of course, doing deliveries and meeting customers and I'd have these, uh, that 50 foot, that 54 foot long Hostar hydraulic water launch, uh, that that's the one that uh, I'd have the portable sprayer that I take with me with the salt away. Yeah. And, and, and it only takes a few minutes to do it. And I would yep. just soak mm-hmm. the whole thing down, but I, you know, I'm not going to complain because all the other cross members, as I said, look good. I will wash the whole thing down. Let, let me, let me ask you this, uh, Greg, I think alluded to something that maybe water had gotten trapped inside and started the issue from inside. No, there's a pee hole. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Was it uh, clogged? Yeah. Was your pee hole clogged? Uh, no, it went. Are to we the, allowed uh, to say that on the radio? The day. I, yeah, <laughs> I kind of wonder. A catheter, it was fine. Okay. You know, I I set him up for it, and I regretted it as yeah. soon as I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your fault. Uh, it just—I don't know. It, it just for whatever reason that particular one is failing, and it's got to be changed out. All right. So, but you have no idea what it'll cost to get that 
prefabbed yet. Well, if it's five thousand for a new trailer, I got to figure this. You got a budget a little you bit gotta... more than a couple hundred bucks, unless I could find a weller. Well, uh, I'm going. I'm going that. to, and you can you can report back, and yeah. uh, we can all take a guess. I'm going to say uh, six hundred seventy-five dollars. I'm going to say three hundred dollars. I'm going to give an extra hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. I like I like for Greg's a couple five hundred sixty-seven dollars. So it really depends down. on uh, what welder you talk to. You know, a guy named yeah. Fred on the side of the street. Well, if if it's uh, if it's a builder, that's what it's going to be. Okay, well, it'll be something. We'll find out as the uh, the tale of Barry's trailer continues on the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast you guys where's Haley? Um, she is on a boat in the marina putting you in her rear view mirror Boats have those, don't they? Come on down to my boat, baby. Come on down where we can play. Come on down to my boat, baby. Come on down and sail away. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the boater, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew. All right, so uh, a few minutes left. What do we got, Patrick? What else we're going to share with our passengers today? uh, We've got a report from uh, CETO for the uh, holiday boating uh, weekend, what they saw. And Mm -hmm. um, I want to make it clear that uh, when I suggested that you get a CETO membership so you don't have to pay for fuel, um, (laughs) you know, uh, calling in that you've run out of fuel while, you know, you're 8, 10, 20 miles out, wherever, uh, I was kidding. Ah. So because, because I, I think I think some people may have actually um taken you up on it. <laughs> taken taken that advice. Hey, twenty gallons of fuel might pay for your sea tow membership. Uh it, it, it more than pay for it. Yeah. Uh, Marine towing company uh sea tow publicized that requests for service over the Memorial Day weekend were up, which would be expected because we know there are more boaters out of there out there. Um however was up as much as 228% in the Holy Northeast uh, and nearly 29% overall from 2021. So uh, the feeling is, of course, new boaters uh, out there. Uh, the boat, the two most common requests, reasons for calls were dead batteries and fuel delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, dead batteries because they sat out there playing their music all day long. Well, hmm. there, there's there's that, um, and the fuel issue. Here's something, and Barry and Mike, you're well aware of this. Greg, probably not as much because he's really more of a passenger than an active boater or boat all owner. All right, all right. <laughs> but but we we know that fuel gauges on boats. Are problematic. We know that fuel senders 
on fuel tanks are problematic. And I got news for the boaters out there as things go more, whether it's Garmin or Raymarine, you know, your, your uh, uh, digital switching, traditional round analog gauges, Faria, uh, what have you, are going away. And now you've got digital displays, which means that depending upon how the manufacturer is converting that signal from the fuel sender, um, analog to digital via a GFL 10 or going straight to the unit now or uh, for inboard outboard and going off of the engine data. There are so many failure points mm-hmm. um, in that system now that fuel level readings have become problematic. And mm-hmm. unless you know for sure that, yep, topped off this morning and I know what my fuel, I know what my boat burns because I like Mike, I'm sure knows and Barry, I'm sure knows at certain ranges, certain RPMs, certain speed, you know what you're going to burn. You know what the expectation is, but in those digital displays, and again, you can go very, very deep into these units. You can go and change those settings and go to uh, your fuel usage off of the engine and not be reading off of the level on the tank. So when you mm-hmm. fuel up, you can you can put in, hey, I put in 228 gallons. You can be reading off the engine data. You know what your fuel burn is. You know what your fuel level is. You're not going to run out of fuel. That's right. on a modern on a modern boat. I mean, on on a modern, uh, and that's yeah. well. This is really kind of when we say modern. You know, you're going back now, oh, man, like on the uh, the glass cockpit displays, you're mm-hmm. going back seven to ten years now that those things have been yeah. been out there. So yeah. it's it it as you get into boating or you're looking into a a, a a used boat and it's got the analog gauges and even analog gauges, the sending units, again, whether they were magnetic float, which were problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, the old cork style, which could be problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to know your boat. You got to know your right. fuel level. Keep a little log book. Know what you fueled up at. I put 50 gallons in. I know what my right. boat burns. Right. And yeah, there, there's no substitute for math. I mean, uh, and, and that's exactly what I do. I keep the ship's log because my boat's basically World War II technology, except for my navigation. Everything's toggle switches. The engines are analog. I don't have a um, an engine computer that that could translate that data into a even a digital display. So I'm stuck with what I have. But you know, it's not that hard to just understand what your fuel flow is at various RPMs and average that out. I know my boat averages about uh, six and a half to seven gallons an hour the way I run it, and um, that that gives me a very very good read. Yeah, and very reliable good, uh, experience. Barry, uh, the boater, what say you? Well, and then there's also something that Greg would agree to is that when we go diving, we use the rule of thirds where you'll use a third of your air when you go out and a third to come back and always have a third in reserve. Mm-hmm. And the same thing should really apply to fuel. So if you go to the same places every time, you already know how much you fuel you burn in one trip, round right. trip, and you just keep track of those things. You And as you said, a log makes a great thing. I know what my uh, gallons per hour is on my boat or how many miles. I think I get about three and a half to four miles per gallon when I'm at exactly 4,000 RPM. 
uh, and it starts to drop off after that. So, yeah, and, and, know, yeah. and that's, and that's knowing your boat, knowing your product, or at least knowing if you do have a more modern boat with uh, glass cockpit displays or Garmin displays or Raymarine digital switch, all that stuff to know how to go into that system and recalibrate when you fuel up so that you're watching your fuel usage, your fuel burn and not relying on the gauge or the sender because it's, it's probably next to canvas. It's probably one of the biggest dissatisfiers that I hear about from customers, from dealers, especially with the newer technology on how to calibrate these fuel senders, especially when you put in the GFL 10s, which is a Garmin component that helps convert the signal from analog to digital. Um, now you've got water tanks and waste tanks, which are also being read through these uh, flat panel displays, through the digital displays. Those are calibrated as well. It's just one of those things that doesn't have to be as frustrating or as aggravating or to the point where it's leaving you stranded out on the water if you know your boat and you know how to use that system. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, for instance, the waste tanks, like uh, Barry the Boater, if they don't pass the sniff test, he knows he's at the uh, limits of his waste tank. He doesn't rely on just the digital information. The the monitor's giving them, right, Barry? Well, the digital information is taking my hand and actually dipping it in there. Whoa, hey! Oh. <laughs> if it gets dirty, uh, it's You don't want to use your digits full. that way. <laughs> yeah, and it, and oh, that's how, not even up to the elbow yet. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know how Mike checks depth, which is to take the nearest youngest child, tie yes. a rope to him, <laughs> throw him overboard with a weight belt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let me know when you hit bottom. Just yank on the rope. <laughs> bring Two some tubs. bottom back we see is you it sand or is it i'm there right? yeah <laughs> wow okay well yeah it's old school technology but yeah you combine that with the new gadgets and stuff and i mean the new stuff can help you a little bit too but mm-hmm. you just don't rely you, you shouldn't just rely on one thing common exactly. sense well no, a combination because, of everything is what you, uh, yeah. i'm saying have, you, have you, stuff you, is backups to backups you, you don't travel across alligator alley when there's a sign that says last gas for 50 miles when you're running on E. That would yeah. be uh, that would be good. Uh, key word there, uh, alligator. <laughs> so, alligator, yep. <laughs> we'll leave it at that for this week. Till next time. Remember, whether it's sail or motor, life, life is, is better, better, better as, as a, motor. a motor. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating 
promoting lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com. 